All right, boys, we're going to get into it today because we're talking about ambition. Hey, guys, welcome back again to the, another Cut, Light, and Smoke podcast. I am your host, Bradley, again with my co-host, JB, and or to be exact, know-it-all JB, who is back from Hawaii, and he's smoking a new cigar today, as am I, and I've never smoked this cigar before or had one from this company. What's the company called, JB? I believe it's called Founders. Yeah, Founders uh, Cigars, and uh, they kind of got this presidential slash, you know, the forefathers, you know, uh, uh vibe about them yeah and this maduro i'm smoking is called the roosevelt yeah this is called the uh i can't even see it it's on the wrapper yeah but i oh my glasses on <laughs> i got old age, old age problems guys so give me one second i'll put my readers on and let you know what it is so this is the uh i still can't read it. i still can't read it dual it's on the you have to look on the plastic oh it's on the plastic yeah it's not on the wrapper oh, okay okay let me see this is called no or the band. I don't even see the band. Okay, here it is. There it is. This is the signature dual wrap. That's what it's called. The, oh, sig- okay. the signature dual wrap. And so go figure. All that for that. I know, right? Right? Mm. Well, guys, we're smoking some good cigars and we're talking about a subject today that I think is uh, it's interesting. It, it obviously creeped up in, on my radar uh at this time of year and for the uh for the podcast in particular, and I, I literally just let JB know this about five seconds ago. I was like, I want to do a podcast. I want to do it on this this issue, and I, I want to talk about what I want to talk about because um, a lot of us live in the social media, you know, era, obviously, and live online. You know, at, we're connected by so many different things, and so we are literally um, advertised to and preached to every single day by multiple, multiple advertisers. So, Oh, for sure. And, and not only that, but um, a lot of self-help stuff. A lot of self-help stuff comes across, like being ambitious and, uh, and everything else like that, which uh, it, there's actually studies done that the correlation of the time that you spend on social media actually, actually equates to a very, very discontent life, meaning the more you look at other people's social media, the more content, discontent you are about your own life. And so uh, I want to talk about ambition, how to balance this, guys, ambition versus contentment, if you would. So, uh, and this comes off the heels of a, com- a couple conversations with some buddies. You know, I've been having about um, different things going on in their life, and uh, uh, some are really struggling for, for work and jobs right now that, uh, that actually, you know, had really, really good paying jobs. And now they, you know, they find themselves in need and they're at, they're at a place where they're like, okay, now I have to, you know, uh, you know, scale myself back from, uh, the amount of money I was spending before, mm. you know, and things like that. So I, I think, I think the, 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 the great American lie that's being preached to everybody, particularly young males is that, um, being ambitious f- for, for everything at all times and sacrificing everything to, to make it, uh, is great is that that's exactly what you should do. And you'll be praised on social media if you do that. Now, here's the reality. You will. I mean, people, if you make it in any industry that you're going into and you have a social media account, uh, uh, you know, uh, connected to it, you will be absolutely adored on social media for what you do. You'll be scrutinized, obviously, because there's trolls everywhere. But you're going to be adored by if you make it in your industry. And uh, it's, it's interesting because... We are we we talk about this, you know, ambition. It's good for young men to have ambition and everything like that, and to to work hard and everything like that. But there also is a sacrifice that goes along with that. Now, here, here's the thing: I'm 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 not saying, and I, I kind of got to pre, you know, preface my my conversation with this. I'm not saying it's wrong to be ambitious. What I definitely am saying is it's wrong to not be content. And I I, I want to talk about that with you because we've had conversations like this back and forth, you know, over the years about contentment, ambition, and what and what have you. Um, because I would say that I'm ambitious. I would definitely say I'm ambitious, uh, but I would definitely say I'm I'm pretty content. I'm okay. very I'm very content, and that contentment comes in the form of uh, I don't live I don't live I don't live among my above my means right. whatsoever. And I've I've lived in the same realm of my means for probably the last ten years, to be honest with you. So the last ten years. Uh, I make more money than I have, but I don't spend as much as I have. Does that make sense? So I'm able to afford the kind of living that I have, which uh, some people would say that's not really ambitious because you could do so much more and you could do different things. Now, now keep this in mind. I, I have had multiple opportunities to do different things, 
and make much more money than I do even now at Zeal. And the, the reality behind that is the reason I didn't take those opportunities uh, and, and several are incredible opportunities that like once in a lifetime opportunities, to be quite honest with you. Um, some have to do with coaching football. Okay. At, at a, at a high level. Uh, some had to do with um, going into business with other guys in the cigar industry that are hugely bigger than zeal. Okay. Uh, and then some have have to do with just people, you know, contacting me to, to hire them for their company and say, Hey, I want, I want you to come work and do your videos for us and social media for us and everything else like that for us. Um, but here, here was the counterbalance to, to my life. And I, I want to ask you about this and what you think about it. Uh, the counterbalance to my life in particular was I had three kids in high school. All right. I knew that if I did that, I would not see them raised. I would not have any time with them whatsoever, you know, or my time with them would be limited. And I wanted to be actively involved in my kid's life. And so as a result of that, because I, I did have a job before when I was in the auto industry that I worked. I mean, my schedule was I, I went to I went to bed at eight o'clock. I woke up at four o'clock at the gym at five o'clock, showered at six at the dealership at seven o'clock, then left around seven thirty to get back and do it all over again six days a week. And I made a lot of money doing that. But there was such a sacrifice. I never saw my kids. I would fall asleep on the couch with my wife literally when I got home. And I, I just I just couldn't function you know, as a, as a productive member of society, I remember friends of mine saying, you know, I've not seen you for a very long time. And I didn't, I, I, I didn't know what to do because I was in this mode of just cranking money and, and being productive for, you know, th this company and everything else like that. And I enjoyed it. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but I, I quickly saw that my kids were missing me. I quickly saw that my wife was missing me and we would go out on dates just on Sunday nights. That was it. We never got a chance to really hang out outside of that. Yeah. And so my ambition was getting so much bigger than my contentment that I, the things that were really important in life, by the way, guys, when you die, you always, you obviously know this, you can't take any of it with you and nobody cares that you ever lived. That is a fact. Yep. Nobody cares who you are. No one's going to care. When I die, no one's going to go back and look at my videos or anything. Man, he was a great guy. They just won't. That's just a reality. And so it's, it's this, it's this, you know, dream set mindset that, you know, we're preaching to people that, man, make a make a big ding where you are and, you know, get everything you can now because you only go around the globe, you know, go around, go around the, this lifetime once. Um, and I think that, you know, what I kind of want to talk about is the counterbalance to that. So the contentment I had to have, I had a, I had a conversation actually with a mentor of mine uh, about, you know, these new opportunities I had. And so before I went in the cigar industry, I, I, I could have gone into coaching and I actually had a conversation roughly around the same time you know, of doing this. And I thought, well, I think maybe I want to do the, do the coaching thing because there's some really good money in that really good money in that, uh, you know, coaching football in particular. And I, I went, yeah, but I'll never see my kids. I mean, we're talking about like, you know, 120 hour weeks. I mean, it's, I mean, we're I mean, in season. It's just, you're gone, you're traveling. And once you get in the upper echelons and I know me and I know that I can't stop, once I, once I get to the, the upper echelons, I'm just going to go further and further and further. And my wife, we would move. We, we've moved every, I think, every three or four years in our marriage. And now we've been in Phoenix longer, almost longer than we have anywhere else mm. And as, as a married couple. Um, and we won't, we, we choose contentment. Like, I had a bigger house before. I downsized. I, I, could, I could go get an $80,000 truck and, you know, get a $1,000 payment, but I don't do that. I love my Denali. I can work on it. So, but like, I mean, is that is that because you said something? You said choosing contentment. Is that choosing contentment or your ambitions changing? I think it's choosing commit. I think I'm still ambitious. There's a lot of stuff I want to do. That's what I'm saying. Are your ambitions right. just changing? You know, like because when you said you you think about okay, my kids aren't seeing me because I'm working in this auto industry. Does your ambition now become okay? How do I become at home more for my kids? So is it more of an ambition change or is it more of a contentment? Well, I think what drives ambition and contentment is what your definition of success is. Okay. I, I would agree, I, I would agree with that. I think that's a, that's a huge thing. So if your definition of success is just that I get more money, more fame, more anything else like that, social media followers or anything else like that, then essentially you'll sell out everything else in your life to get get those things on social media, get more money, everything else like that. You know, it's like you hear everybody say in Hollywood and in the music industry, they sold their soul to the devil to get an Emmy, an Oscar, whatever, mm -hmm. Grammy, blah, 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 blah. Exactly. Yeah. I, I, I think that that, uh, 
But when it comes, so my, my definition is, I think, I think when you define success, it can help you focus on how you're ambitious to get that, okay? And then what you can be content with, mm-hmm. okay? So I, go ahead, what were you going to say? No, I was, just, okay. I was just agreeing with you. Yeah, like. I think, I think, I think one of the, the hard things is about success is it's really hard to define because you let other people define it for you. And so many well, people. Well, and some people don't really even know what that means for themselves. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Unpack that a little bit. Well, I mean, like, you know, for, for me, for example, like I could, I could easily zip up the, you know, the ambitious part and be, you know, perfectly content with, you know, what my wife does for a living and what I'm doing currently. Cause I'm very happy with what I do right now. And I would say very comfortable with where we're at in our life right now. Right. Sure. Um, and I could be very content in that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you got to really ask yourself, you know, what what is your definition of success, right? And is your definition of being successful um, just having a roof over your head and a car to get to work every day and you're enjoying yourself? Is your definition of success being able to get to a point where you can travel the world or travel the states in a van? You know what I mean? Like, so, it, yeah it really differs based on what your, what your success or what your goals are or what your idea of success is. My idea of being a successful man is, is having a family with a home and, and, um, uh, some sort of way to support them, whatever that is. Sure. And hopefully it's a way that I enjoy supporting them. Mm -hmm. Um, which luckily at this moment I I do. Mm -hmm. Um, but at the same time, you got to ask yourself too, like, is, is being content with that and being successful in that still where you're going to be happy. And that's where you got to really find that out. Well, I, I think that if you, your definition of success involves the, the idea of being happy, you know, content, content, yeah. Content has, has to do with being happy, but I'm going to flip this on, flip this on the, on the, on its head though, because I think happiness is fleeting. I think it's conditional predicated on circumstance and I think it's uh, I think it's very 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 hard for people to find happiness in a in a long drawn out scenario. Does it make sense? Like because it's always changing. There's I mean, too much you can't control. Exactly. Now I think joy is very different. I think joy is very different. For example, and, and this is why I'll bring it back to the, the biblical side of, of who I am and, and and the Christian side of who I am and uh, the core of really who I am. And so. My definition of success is is predicated on and making a positive impact on everybody around me yeah. for the purpose and, and honor of the glory of Jesus Christ. That's exactly what I want to see happen. So as a result of that, um, my goals line up with that. My time lines up with that. Things that um, invade my environment that line up with that really, really do. Uh, I make time for that. I, I make time to do that. So in that case, I'll make time for things that fit my idea of success, my idea of what uh, is to come in, in that in that regard. So, but that also feeds into the contentment. Like you, when you feel like you're being successful, then you are content about something. Does it make sense? When you're discontent, it means that you're not you don't have a definition of success, and you're not meeting that that goal of success, if you would. So, and there's other things that can, that can affect contentment as well. I mean, yeah. just life happens and things go crazy and so on and so forth. So I'm not trying to, you know, I'm not trying to broad brush it and say, you know, everyone's discontent or everyone can be content. Um, what I am saying though is that your definition of success drives both your ambition and your contentment. But and just because you're content doesn't mean you can't be ambitious. My thing that I'm that I'm worried about with with young men in particular is I see a lot of young guys sacrifice everything, including their own health, um, for the sake of ambition and trying to quote unquote make it. You know, so I mean, it, that was me at Apple. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, hundred yeah. percent. That was me at Apple. That was that was me continuously trying to jump through hoops that somebody else wanted me to jump through and be somebody that somebody else wanted me to be that ultimately wasn't me. Right. And right. I kept suppressing who I really was to try to be, to try to make it with that company to, to, to climb that ladder and, and continually suppress who I really was to try to fit their mold. And right. eventually I got right. to a point where I couldn't do it anymore. I wasn't, wasn't the person I wanted to be. I wasn't me. I was trying to be somebody else and that wasn't me. I think also what happens with this idea of contentment and ambition with, with the idea of success 
is that a lot of guys aren't self-aware enough to understand that they're trying to fit into somebody else's mold. Right. You That's, know, it's hard to notice that. Right, right, right. You're just, you're trying to please your boss. You're trying to, which is good, by the way, don't get me wrong, which is good. But there's also things that are individualistic about you and uh, things that, that, and gifts that you have that can add to a company's success that a company should say, hey, this is something that uh, we see this in you. This is great. You're fitting the company lines and everything, which is good. But uh, well, the sicker part is the the companies that realize that they do that to people and they drag those people along. That's the sicker part oh, for yeah. me. Well, I think that's why you have a discontentment with with you know young young culture in general. I mean, people will just say things like, you know, uh, I, I I'm coming here to milk this company just by nature of the fact that you know I'm, I mean I can go get a job yeah. anywhere else. You yeah, know? and I, I know they're just using me, so I'm just using them. There's you know. definitely those. I'm here to get a paycheck. I'll see you later. Oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. for sure. And they don't care about the company. They don't care about you know the progress of anything like that. And as a boss, you look at somebody like that, and you're like, "Well, you're out of here, dude." I'm like, "I can't, I can't." You know, you're not here. You're not here for the success of the company. You know, in that, and you should, pr- and you should pay them well. You know, in that regard. But so, so balancing this, so obviously success. But I, I think in order, in order to define success, you have to be self aware of you know what you are, what your limitations are. That's the thing that I see. Also is well, people don't want to live inside limitations right now because right. the whole world is showing them that they aren't they're they're peons if they don't have this and that and wear a gold chain and and pull up in a Mercedes or a but BMW. It's all, just, it's all just shell games. I know. Like I mean, it's like social media is not real. Like we know that. Like I mean, that it's been proven time and time and time again that it's not real and it's not it's not something that you you can. Well, it's it's like it's like it's like um NFTs, bro. Right. I'm gonna yeah. buy some sort of digital art piece that I can't have or display in my home, but if I join the metaverse and have a house in the metaverse, I could hang that art piece in the metaverse. Which is weird. Like you know, which is I, really weird. Yeah, dude. I don't But I don't I don't here here's my here's my overall with this. Yeah, that was a little sidebar. In that, that I get that. I understand what you're saying, but like if you're told by the time from the time that you were four years old that you are just the sweetest thing in the world and you know, I mean, everything is just perfect about you and no matter what you do, you're going to succeed and you can do it and everything else like that. And you get out there and the reality hits you that you can't. <laughs> you know, what's funny. What? My mom used to sing a song to me in the car. What? You can't always get what you want. Oh, absolutely. But if you try sometimes, you'll yeah. get all that you freaking need. Now shut up and sit down before <laughs> I beat your ass. That's what my mom would say. Right. If we if we complained about not having something or getting something, right, that right. my mom would start singing that song to us. Sure. Straight you, up. It, but I but I think what we have is is we have a generation of people that expect this. Mm-hmm. They expect these different things. And so Well, what, and social media makes it look so easy. And then right. when it's not that easy, then right. you know, then you're falling down a well that you can't dig yourself out of and, and you feel yeah, yeah. you feel alienated because you don't understand why you can't do what these other people are doing and why you can't have the things that they have. Right. Exactly. And I, I think that that's not that, knowing that Chad Ochocinco actually had fake chains the entire time he was which in the is NFL. Absolutely smart. You know what yeah, I mean? He so like money, he put his money into investments. Yeah, he put his money in investments, which is which is great. So in in this regard, so here's my here's my here's my thought process, guys. And I'm, here's here's where I'm going with this. Uh, it's not wrong to be ambitious and to want and to want to grow in your craft and to want to make money from your craft and everything like that. What you have to decide is what what is your what's worth sacrificing. Yeah, and what is your definition of success? What's your definition of success? And if it is just to terminate on your own glory, like I just want to be the best at everything, and I'm just competitive, and, and that's just all it is. And and the the end all of everything you're trying to do is to terminate on your own glory. Like it's just for me. It's about me and mine. It's about this, this, this. You've literally fell into the American consumeristic trap mm. that will absolutely ruin you. Well, you'll do this. You'll get credit cards with no limits to buy stuff that you don't need to impress people you don't like to get bills that you can't pay. Dude, That's I got a exactly quote for you. You ready happens. for this? You ready for this? Yeah. Do you know who, um, oh my goodness, I'm forgetting his first name, Klaus, Klaus Schwab is? Yeah, I heard of him before. So he owned or started one of the biggest lobbying companies in the world. Okay. Lobbying companies, right? So Mm -hmm. they're lobbying for BS. Right, right. This this is Schwab's quote. People will own nothing and be happy about it. 
Yeah. People that, will own nothing and be happy about it. Yeah, th- that's that's the thing I I don't understand is that the see happy this this is the this is the whole thing that we're we're talking about this stuff today. Because here's the thing, we're coming into the most consumeristic moments of our calendar. Okay, between now and then, and we're a business. So it's interesting to talk to talk about this as, as a business owner. Okay. From now until, you know, January, essentially, businesses make more money, okay, now off, off people's ambitions, off people's insecurities, off people's different things like that. And I don't want to do that. I don't want to be the, the business guy that is, I just, I just think it's evil to make, pe- make, make money off people's insecurities. Like so, smoking a cigar makes you a cooler guy. It doesn't make you a cooler guy. I hope you smoke it because you enjoy it mm-hmm. and you like it. You know, I want to give you, a, I want to, I want to do a good value exchange and everything like that, which doesn't mean selling my cigars for, you know, 50% off or anything like that. So, uh, but it drives, it drives this idea and this, like th- this idea that we have to like absolutely, you know, sell out to this idea that giving the consumer what they want, you know, more than anything and people and businesses that don't do that end up failing. If you would. So I, I think that's, well, that's where the saying of like the customer's always right kind of comes from, you know, and, and it's not. I mean, we all know that and we've all been customers. We all know we've done stupid stuff and we're not always right. OK, that that's that's the reality. Customer, the customer is not always right. We know that for a fact. OK, so if, if, if we get something wrong, we obviously fix it and we talk to the customer and everything like that because we make mistakes and everything like that. But even as a consumer, you recognize you're not always right, even though you want to be and you want to be taken serious and you want to be served in a certain way. But I think what we've missed it with this idea of ambition, contentment, success, and self-awareness is the idea of value exchange. I'm giving you this money and I expect this value as a result of that. Mm. And when it's a better, when it, when, when it's a better value exchange, when I'm giving you this money that should be 12 bucks, 16 bucks for a cigar, but I'm paying, you know, six to $7 for a cigar and it's actually smoking better than one of the ones that were thirteen and fourteen dollars. That's a good value exchange. Yeah, a very good value exchange. But as discontentment, if you would, makes you go, well, man, I should be getting more for my money. I should be doing this versus like this is a fair value exchange. And I see that in in with young men, like I want to get more for for this. I want to get this. And there's nothing wrong for getting a, a good value exchange, but to be you know greedy about it. And to be ambitious to the point where you're sacrificing relationships for that, you know, and you, it leads to not being discontent because what social media lures you into is judging who you are against everybody else out in the world. Well, and, and as a dude, like you look at social media and you see these, these chicks that are, or these dudes that are with these chicks, whoever's posting, whether it's the chick or whether it's the dude posting. Yeah. And, you know, it could, it could give a lot of people the idea of like, man, I can't get a chick like that if I don't have this or if I don't have that or if I don't make this much money or if I don't do this or if I don't do that. You want a chick like that. That's all shell games, bro. You know, who knows? Just because somebody, I'm telling you what, dude, one of the, one of the big misnomers is that you get the hot chick and she's a freak in the sheets. I'm telling you what, one of the biggest problems I have with like the social media dating game and everything like that, I hear from multiple young guys that come across my path and talk about it, is they, you know, that so many guys watch porn, then they get together with a girl, they stick their penis in her, and they expect her to gyrate like a porn actress. It doesn't happen that way. And we know that. Nobody's saying anything. Or what's what's worse, the girl has 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 all this like absolute like freaking pressure from the porn industry to act like a porn star, you know, and she, she can't because it's not in her nature. Okay. That, that's why porn is porn. It's, it's something that's like, it's fake. It's not real. That's not real relationships. That's not how real sex is had. That's not how it is, you know, and people are like, Oh, well, this is what we do. And it, it, it dehumanizes people to a way that like you sell everything out for this idea of ambition. I got to get the girl. I got to get this. I got to get, get the job, get this. I mean, you're not going to be content with it. If you're not content with, with very little, you're not going to be content with very much. We, we, you have to understand that. Don't make me do it. What? Bring up the same little cool runnings quote. I always bring up, dude. Do I say it, dude? I yeah, you ain't enough without it. You ain't never going to be enough with it. Yeah. That's the reality. But, but because of social media and the, and the sit, 
the 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 value exchange of social media is follow us and we'll add value to your life. I, but it doesn't. I would even go a step further. I would even say social media is not even the biggest. I would say it's a big, probably the biggest player, but it's not the only big player in that. I think just people in general have uh, just become less supportive of other people in that, in, in a way. You know what I mean? Whereas, like you know, um, if two chicks go out uh, that are friends and she's talking about a date that she went on, her friend may not be as supportive as she is because she, her friend might might have you know similar. Um, ambitious ideas that the other dude that she was dating had. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. like, even that kind of stuff isn't could get a little bit muddy. Yeah, but that's that's like choosing your friends. Like, who, who are the people you're going to be with? See, that's gonna... the hard part, though, yeah. right? Because if you don't understand what your idea of success is, then how do you know who to surround yourself that has the same ideas of success so that you guys can make sure that you reach those goals together Well, I, I and surra- be content and ambitious in the same time? I, I think you can surround yourself because my, my group of people around me, they don't necessarily have the same... They, I, I know this in particular. They don't have the same view of success that I do. Okay, because not all of them are Christians. That's fair. Will. That's fair. So I don't expect them to know that. Okay, doesn't mean I devalue what what they want, but uh, there's enough of a mutual respect there for my values and for my my version of, of of what success is to me that they respect it. And that's what that those are the kind of friends you have to have in your life is the ones that respect your your. You, uh, you brought it home for me with the respect thing. I yeah. don't. I don't think people have enough respect for other people, even in that in that sense, right? Like, right. Um, or people are attention whores. They want everyone yeah. to focus on them, and they're the linchpin in everything they do. Yeah. But that's another thing with social media. Social media is, as you know, is very culpable for that. I mean, and it's and it's just crazy. So that's that's why I use social media just for business. I don't use it for a lot of pleasure. I post like my dogs and maybe my kids once in a while, so grandma and grandpa can see it. Mm-hmm. You know. But if yeah, I, I don't post much either. Well, yeah, that that's just part of it. So. But you see that because when you when you get into social media, you want to find. I, I found this out with some, something else yesterday because I do watch a lot of YouTube. Um, I was watching a guy named Leon Lush. It's a new, yeah. new guy. I was I was watching. Uh, new to, newer to me. He's been around for a while. I found out he had like in in. I was watching a, a video he did, and I found out he had a uh, a music career. And it's it's kind of not it's not real music. It's like YouTube music. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's I mean it, it seems. But he's a musician of, of some sort. Kind of, yeah, and he's got he's got like a Logan Paul diss track and things like that. It's kind of funny, <laughs> you know. And and he's and I like I like his attitude because he doesn't really take himself too serious. And I tell you what, guys, if you want to find somebody that really has a good definition of success, find somebody who doesn't take themselves too serious. Okay, if you can't laugh at yourself, okay, and you can't make fun of yourself, that is not somebody you do, you want to be around at all because they're never going to be ambitious. Okay, because in order to have ambition, you have to try and you have to fail. Yeah, and you can't be scared. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, be afraid you to fail. can't. You can't be afraid to fail. You can't be afraid to try something and be like, okay, well, I failed at it, and I'll, I'll go back to the drawing board and start it again. Do you, do you think that's a big part of – do you think that's a big part of why ideas of success and and why you feel that, that ambition can can kind of hurt younger men right now is, is because they don't really have an idea of of what that should look like? Well, because dads aren't around to show them. Yeah. That's part of it, too. And there, there's no – so da- if dads aren't around to show them, then there's nothing to say, quite frankly, um, you know, this this is a value you have to have, son. This is how the value is going to pay off in your life, and this is part of your legacy as well. Like, there's none of that going on, so. Well, and it's kind of hard to see what a, what success looks like, too. Like, if um, – like, I was very lucky that in my broken home – both of my parents individually kind of found their own success, right? So um, I was kind of lucky to not really see... Uh, my mom struggled a little bit in the beginning, mm-hmm. but um, I was pretty pretty fortunate to see to not really have to see that. But I guess if you don't really see an idea of success, like I was, I was fortunate to have like my grandfather worked for GM and, and was very successful and very very content in, in living where he lived and being by his grandkids and being a pastor. And, and mm-hmm. he was uh, willing to give up some of the time with the family and, and some of the businesses that he owned to give right. to the church. Right. So mm-hmm. I saw that. And then I saw, you know, what his idea of success looked like and what it meant to be around family. And then saw my dad's ideas of success, right. Just yeah. owning a farm and being able to, mm-hmm. 
to, to be away from everybody and, and, and retire and, and, and be more at peace, right? Like living mm-hmm. the, the job that he lived, being in the military and then being a police officer, he wanted the peace, you know? Um, and I, and I, I kind of get that now, you know, like even, even my, even my ideas of success and ambitions have, have kind of shifted a little bit, you know, like, Oh, hundred percent. You know, the older you get, the more, the more different things matter to you. I mean, the older you get, I mean, it's just, it's just, I mean, when I was 20 something, I was going to take on the world and show everybody I was the man. Oh, dude, I used would. to have to have all you know? the shoes, bro. I, I mean, it's, it's, I don't, I don't even look at shoes anymore. It, it's, it's really weird. I just want to respect from everybody if you would. Yeah. So and that's like, why, I, that, that's why I was, a, that's why I was a gym rat. I wanted to be big and, and impressive. So I wanted to speak very well. I yeah. spoke all over the place. And so as a result, like, but now 20 something years later, I recognize that, like, the guys that made the biggest impression. In fact, you want to hear something that's going to blow your mind? Guess when a man, okay, in his lifetime is his absolute most able to get the most money, make the biggest impression in his life, everything else. Guess when men are doing this? There's, there's, there's an age. They've actually, sociologists. I'd, I'd say 45. Nope. Older? Add, add, add 11 years to that. Really? It's, it used to be like 42 or something. 56 is the age where they say that men hit convergence, where they have a really con, a really concise idea of contentment, where they understand legacy, they understand like what it means to like be part of society. Well, ideally, and by to, that time, you should have kids out of the house. Sure, you should be able sure. to, you, you know, you're, you're focused more on, okay, I'm almost done working and do I want to be done working and what do I want to do with that when I'm done working? Yeah, and I, here's the thing. I my job is not that stressful in the sense that I'll never, I'll ever stop working. You know, if I, if I stay in Zeal cigars for the rest of my life and stay where I'm at, I'll be perfectly content. Yeah. Like here's the secret, like the secret of, I mean, this is, I mean, I'll go back to biblical on it. I think I mentioned it on one of the other podcasts, but the secret to being content in all situations is recognizing that my value and my worth isn't wrapped up in what other people think about me mm. and what social media followers think about me or anything else, what you, my wife, or anyone else thinks about me. It can only be wrapped up in what Christ thinks about me. So as a result of that, if I really believe what God thinks about me is true, then regardless of what you say or anybody else says, I'm okay. Yeah. And then I, that means I can, I can honestly take your criticism and be like, okay, you're, you're right. I got I to gotta look at some things here. And I can also take your blessing without, like, becoming proud about it. Like, yeah, yeah I, I, I did do that. I nailed that idea. I did this. Versus, like, hey, man, thanks. I appreciate that. So it's, it's versus, like, the insecure guy that goes, like, oh, man, you know what? Uh, I'm, just, I'm working for this guy's approval. I'm trying to get this guy's approval. I mean, yeah. yeah. I think that's a big part of this, too, is, like, I think a lot of the ambitions are wrapped around insecurities. A hundred percent. You want to be, I mean, it, it, here, here's the, have you, I guess the question for you is, have you ever worked really hard to get something, then you did, and then you're like, meh. Yeah. Yeah. All the time, bro. Yeah. Like you, like, I mean, I, I see this, I see this in the, um, in the athletic world where, where I work. It's, it's great. So you're celebrating the, the Super Bowl victory. You're celebrating whatever's going on, but you also wake up the next day. Now people celebrate and celebrate and celebrate, you know, here and there, but like you wake up the next day. So that's the idea of like satisfaction that like the whole purpose of everything we're talking about is how does a man get to the point of satisfaction in his life where it's all he was ultimately satisfied. And if that is just by your efforts, if that is just to terminate on your own glory, if that is just simply for you to look good and your and even your legacy to look good, it still falls short of ultimate satisfaction because I think that God put a hole in every man that could only be filled by him. Mm. And as a result of that, if it's not ultimately going like, man, I'm made for a bigger purpose. That's the other thing, guys, like everybody listening to this right now, you're made for a bigger purpose. You're made to connect with God. You're made to like impact people in a positive way. You're made to do that. And you have a gift to do that. If you don't do that, you're wasting this great opportunity that you should be ambitious for. Like there's, there's great things like, I, I love being ambitious to like see people grow and do different things. Like, I mean, there's a lot of great things happening like in the world and stuff like that. So I'm, I'm, I'm super excited when I see guys I, I work with and, and young men that I, that I, that I work with ca- catch on this idea. Like the world's bigger than me and I'm here to be a blessing to it because they're secure enough in their own relationships. They go, okay, look, you know what? 
it, it's it's enough enough about me. And and this comes back to what we know is true sociologically. People who sacrifice their time for the sake of other people feel the most content in life. Mm. This happens. It happens all the time. I it think really I think they can feel the most content, but I think they also have um I think there's some of the people that also struggle the most with um keeping keeping the the happiness, right? I think they might be really joyful people, but I think they can struggle with the happiness, right? Like um yeah. I think it, Robin Williams was a was one of the guys that said that. He was like comedians are some of the saddest people on the planet. They are, dude. It's hard. Um yeah. that's really hard. So yeah. You know, and I, I can kind of relate to that, right? Because, like, you get lost in in that service that you have or that you want to have to other people, and you kind of forget about yourself, right? And right, right. that's kind of hard to do when, you, when you're one of those people that, that kind of fall into that category. Um, yeah, I, but, I, I don't know how depression works. That's one thing that, to be honest with you, that's something that I've, by God's grace, I've never yeah. had to really deal with depression uh, my wife has before, and people, dear friends of mine, yeah, have, have have dealt with that. It's you know, I know you said you have before. You know, it's weird stuff, man. the the easiest The easiest way to explain it is, and and I think one of the reasons, for, and I'm surprised your wife even went through it. Um, if if it if it had to do with kids, it would make sense. Like if it was post mortem, it was, it was before kids and before, after. Kids. Okay, okay, yeah, it's before and after. Um, because I I find that a lot of people that have really strong faith in in Christ and and in uh even in a higher power in other ways right sure, like sure, yeah. um I don't see them get that depression as much uh-huh and I think a lot of that just has to do with uh the the faith and the feeling of of you know that that somebody else is carrying your journey and that they're not yeah. going to let you fall off that cliff in this journey you're just in a patch where you know, um, you just got to go through something first. But I, I also know that like there's chemical imbalances there was with my wife yeah. that, that, that prevented her from literally feeling a certain way, yeah. you know? And like, I remember thinking that and talking to the doctor about it and being like, doc, how, how do I just get her to believe? And he just looked at me because she physically can't man. Yeah. That's you, part of it. You, you got to look at other things too, right? Like, um, I don't want to get too much into this topic because this is a touchy subject. I actually got kicked out of a class on depression and ADHD in college. Well, let's get into it. Let's go. Um, can't, I can't kick you out of this class. Well, no, time. but it, it's uh, people People are kind of touchy about this topic, right? Like, really? Um, Why? Well, because the hardest thing to do is to look in the mirror and you tell yourself that you're the problem. Right. Okay. Yeah, sure. But a lot of the times there's a lot of things that are out of your control that you're not ever going to be okay with. You Correct. know what I mean? For Correct. example, if, if politics, <laughs> well, well, right. Let's Sometimes, say, yeah. let's say for example, um, let's say for example, I go to Hawaii and I'm like, dude, I loved it so much. I bought land. I'm not coming back home. My wife's going to get there and she's going to ship me my bike. Can you help load my bike and ship it? And you're like, what the, f-? like there might be, you probably wouldn't be like depressed long term, but you might have like a deep sadness for a little while. You know what I mean? Like no, I'd be angry. You would you would definitely be angry. I wouldn't be I but wouldn't be I wouldn't be it would be like it's yeah. weird, man. It's like See, I don't get I don't get depressed, I get angry. I think most I, guys get angry. Well, and yeah. you don't really get most of depression comes with an overwhelming feeling of doom. And I don't think that yeah. you get the overwhelming feel, feeling of doom because you're gonna you're gonna lay all your problems down in front of Christ and believe that He's gonna take care of them for you. Yeah, and if I die, I die. Right, I get to be with Jesus. Yeah. And I think that's where most of the depression comes. Right, there's yeah. there's this overwhelming doom of a fear of something that could happen to you or is happening to you or already happened to you, and there's huh, a fear okay. that you can't get rid of that. For example, my fear was that um, I wasn't gonna be able to make enough money or or be able to provide for my wife the way that she wants me to provide for her. Okay. So my depression was that I was freaking out and I was depressed and scared that my wife was going to leave me because I was never going to be good enough for her. Okay. So my depression came in that. Okay. So I had, that had to be something that I had to work out with my wife, right? Like there were things where I had to tell her like, um, you know, and a lot of it was problems that I had with myself, right? Like they were insecurities that I had. Yeah. So that for me was where a lot of my depression came from. And my wife said that a lot. She 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 did talk about her own insecurities and so on and so forth and 
And I, I just, but it's something that, and that's maybe it's just something in, in me that I'm not sure what. Well, and you don't, what to I do. don't see a lot of insecurities in you. You know, you got plenty, but well, like, I'm sure yeah, but everybody yeah. does. Right. But right. I don't see a lot of the ones that, that you don't have a lot of insecurities in your relationship with your wife. No, I love her very much. You don't have a blessed. lot of insecurities with your kids. Kids are awesome, dude. You don't have yeah. a lot of insecurities with your belief in Christ, if no, any. No, no, I don't. You don't have You're insecurities right. in your career. Right? I think those I think, are the four biggest. You don't have insecurities with your money, right? No. So those are the five biggest insecurities off the top of my head that come to mind that sure. I would feel sure. if I had struggles in those areas where I felt overwhelmingly doomed because of those things. I could get depressed about it. So here's how I deal with that, though. Like, so there's, don't get me wrong. There's, I mean, we have a business and everything like that and we're successful, but there's times that money is tight. Oh, there's well, yeah, time, absolutely. There, there's times that things happen like that. But when it comes to that, I literally like fall before God and I'm right. like, God, I really need your help. Can you make some sales happen this week? Can you do something? Like, I've done everything I can. Yeah. You know, and I know that's in God's hands. And so, um, and, and it's, it's one of those things that I think is really interesting. Because I just, I used to find a lot of my identity, that means my value and worth, in what I did. Yeah. And I don't find it anymore in what I did because it's so fleeting. Like, Zeal Cigars may be here for another year. It may be for another 100 years. It yeah. may be here for, like, because you just don't know. You know, I mean, everything could be, I mean, 2023 could be the worst year ever in United States history, economically speaking. It could be the best year. Who knows? We don't know. And so, but I, but I know the one who holds the, the stock market. Right. I know the one who holds, you know, my, my kids' lives in his hands. And so, like, I, I met with a buddy of mine um, a long time ago. Uh, his name was Jason West. Big shout out to Jay if you listen to this, bro. Um, one of the most godly men I've ever met in my life. And he's, he used this term. And uh, he used it. He used the term after his wife miscarried twice. Mm. And uh, That's hard. He, yeah, it's very, very hard. Um, he... He said, I hold my children very loosely. And I was like, what do you mean? Like, I hold my kids tight. Like, I'll do everything for my kids. He goes, no, 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 no. Like, the things that God's given us to, that's entrusted to us, like our wife and our kids, we need to hold loosely so that we give God the ability, you know, to decide, like, he's in control of their life more than we're in control of their life. Mm. You know, their safety and everything else like that. And so, like, like early on in my marriage, we lived in an apartment. We were on the third floor, and my wife used to go down three floors. It wasn't a great area, if you would, but I used to watch her go out through car to make sure she was safe and everything. Um, and I used to think to myself, if somebody does something, I'm going to go down there and, you know, yeah. move them up. Um, and I, I, that's still a good thing to do, if you would, but I used to always think what happens if my wife doesn't come home, what if she gets a car wreck, what if she dies, all this kind of stuff. And it used to haunt me. And, uh, until I heard that statement from my bro and, uh, Jason was one of the greatest influences on me for the things I hold most dear, which are my family and my business and things like that, 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 that everyone listening probably holds dear, uh, that I hold loosely now in the, in the eyes that, you know, God's going to do what he wants. And I also know that whatever he does do, uh, is for my benefit and for my good, yeah. even though I don't see it's for my good. Because when you, when you only see life and, and, and from your perspective and from your, you know, finite view, it's, I mean, we're, we're nothing but, I mean, what's Bible say we're dust. I mean, we're, 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 we're just a, a, a whisper if yeah. you would. So on the, on the timeline of eternity, this, this life is, you know, the hundred years that we got at that, um, is nothing compared to, to everything else. So I think when you think about, when I think about those things that are very, very important to me, my, my daughter, if I, if I held my daughter, um, let's say Savannah, if I held her tightly, okay. Um, I would never let her move to move out of state. Well, for sure. I, I would never let her get, probably get married so early. Right. Um, right. I would, I would be way more scrutinous of her life. Um, and, and what that is, is insecurity on my part. Right. And so those Absolutely are, it those, is. those are things that and as a result of holding those things loosely, my relationship with Savannah in particular of all of my kids is very unique. I mean, probably the closest of all of my kids, meaning like I'm close to my kids. My my son's very different than my daughters. Yeah. Um I think my youngest daughter thinks of me as like big strong daddy that never gets hurt and things like that and can do anything, but then she sees my knee buckle and she's like, Oh, my dad's human. You know, and then 
my son's like, you know, my, my, my dad's great and everything. I think Savannah is like, because she's my firstborn, um, we have a really unique, like she's very much like me and, and everything else like that. But I, I hold my kids loosely. Like I know that it's very possible. This is, this is the thing that I, that I always think about. I went on staff with it, with a, with a ministry, a very large ministry, like 250,000 staff. Um, it's called Campus Crusade. And this was back in 2000, this is back in 98. Yeah, 98 to like 2004, I was on staff, or 2003, I can't quite remember. Um, and when we were at staff training with about 200 other guys, okay, 200, 200 people, couples, married couples, singles, everything like that, we're down in Winter Park, Orlando. The guy got up there that was talking about fundraising because we had to raise our own funds. We're essentially missionaries. He was talking about fundraising. His daughter would have been part of our class she wanted to come on staff and she was killed two weeks before in a car in a tragic car accident and she was like a great person a great everything like that i mean and she was killed tragically so he's like welling up telling us the story and i'm like how do you do that how do you deal with tragedy that way moreover at the same time when my wife and i first got married before we actually went on staff there was a young lady, and uh, if if her if her father and mother and her brother um, hear this podcast, remember I, I still love you, and I'm I'm you're super my prayers. We, we don't talk a lot. Um, her name was Jamie Fair, and Jamie was uh, one of the most godly young ladies. She's getting she was engaged to get married, great trajectory of life. Went to the same high school I did. Popular person on campus. Played volleyball every everything like that. She was playing soccer one day in the street with her, with her, uh, um, with her fiance and tripped, hit her head on the concrete and, uh, got a really big headache, ended up going to the hospital, brain started swelling. She died mm. two weeks later. And I remember thinking to myself, like in the midst of that, like that is absolutely tragic. How do we make sense of it? And there, you can't. Oh no, there's no, there's no make sense of it. You know, so talking to Tony, her fiance, and I, I was, I was doing the baccalaureate service, which is like, you know, what that is, you know, it's like the seniors. Yes. I was doing the baccalaureate service for Loveland High School. Speaking at the baccalaureate service, just hearing about that, her brother and, her, and his best friend would happen to be my 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 best friend's um, kid, little brother. Uh, oh, brother. Okay. Yeah, they were at the baccalaureate service, and I'm talking about God's sovereignty and everything else like that, knowing that Jamie. Is, is ultimately in the hospital and, and could die, and mm. she ultimately did. But I remember thinking to myself, like, the things that we hold so tightly, I mean, we, we, we just can't, and it ends up destroying us. Yeah. You know, versus, like, trusting a God who really does have our best interest in mind, even in the midst of tragedy. And by God's grace, I'll tell you this much, by God's grace, I've really had the privilege and honor of not having a tremendous amount of tragedy hit my own personal life. Yeah. Now I know that I, I've had uncles that died and everything else like that, that were close to me and I, and I love them. But when it comes to tragedy and everything like that, there's nothing that turns the volume up on God's voice or anything like that. than something that you hold really, really tight in your hand, whether it's your career or anything else like that, your marriage, your kids or anything else like that, that you really, really, really value that is ripped out of your hands because you can't control it. Mm. You just can't. And I think that's, that, that's the way to really balance the ambition and contentment when I'm, I'm really content with what God's given. I'm content with you. I'm content with zeal. I'm content with everything else like that. It doesn't mean that I rest and I don't work. Yeah. That means that I work with purpose and prowess that I'm able to go, okay, I can do other things. I can do other things like this. I can do everything like the ideas for the videos, the freezing the cigar, things like that. Those are things that God just gives me like, Hey, I want, I want a new idea for a video. Is there something I can think about? But, I, but because I have that relationship, I'm talking all the time and everything like that. I'm talking to you. I'm talking to other people and so on and so forth. But imagine, imagine. So for example, mom and dad just called me yesterday. I didn't tell you this yet. Mom and dad just called me yesterday and mom said, I have COVID, right? I have COVID. But dad has it really bad. And I, I got it. I got it bad. And she just sent me an email this morning saying that, um, I'm having an adverse effect, uh, uh, reaction to the uh, antibiotics it gave me. Mm -hmm. You know, so if I was a doom and gloom person, and if I was like, "Oh no, what's going to happen?" You know, I would allow that circumstance to absolutely dictate panic, to dictate yeah. terror, 
doom like you talked about. Which would end up into potential depression about right, right. mom being sick. Versus, yeah. and to your credit, what you said, versus going, you know what, Lord, I I trust my parents who I really, really love um, with you. And I want them to get better. I want them to, I, I pray for them and everything yeah. else like that. But I, but that's ultimately in God's hands. So when it's, when the ability is, is for me to control what I can control and then to hold loosely the other stuff that even is, is very valuable to me, I find that that manages the ambition and the contentment in a way that actually drives success and leads to a new level of contentment where I can go, you know what, God, this whole world is yours. I'm, nothing surprises you. And I trust you with everything else going on in my life that I can just sit back and enjoy all the good things that you give me and then pray about the terrible things that happen. Yeah. You know, so if that makes sense, that's kind of where I'm going with this whole ambition versus contentment thing. It's just a ploy to get you guys to think yeah, about God, I guess. Well, it's, it's, it's an interesting subject and I think it's something a lot of people have to think about, but I think the, I think the biggest thing at first is like, you have to deal with your insecurities. Right. Right. Cause if you don't deal with those, um, you can't, you can't figure out the rest, right? Like right. the insecurities are always going to continue to block you and get in your way and, mm-hmm. and, and, and try to dictate the way you're thinking about things. Right. Um, and I think the other thing is, is what you said. It's big is, is, uh, a lot of the things that I get stressed out about are things I can't control. Right. Um, right. and they may not even end up in the way that you're potentially thinking that they're going to end up. It's just possibly one of the outcomes, right? Bro, I know guys in Ohio that if the Buckeyes lose, they're depressed all Sunday. <laughs> well, I, I, I know churches literally that are empty because people feel like God let them down and they're not going to church yeah. because, because the Buckeyes didn't win. Luckily, that's rare. But like the, the idea, like for example, there's guys, there's guys that have whole YouTube channels built around the Cardinals even. Yeah. And I remember thinking to myself, like I, I saw the game last night and I was like, you know what? Colt McCoy's not doing as good as he went and, and we're not, we're not performing and we're going to get, we're going to end up losing. I just knew it, you know? And so I turned it off and watched something else. And then later on, went back, checked the scores, 37, what, 14 or something like that? 37, 38, 17, you know? And I was like, man, that sucks. But like, that doesn't ruin my world. Yeah. It doesn't ruin my world. And I, I'm not a gambler, so I don't have any money on the game or <laughs> like that. So, um, so, so here's what we want to know from you guys. What do you think about contentment and ambition in the conversation that we've had? So send us an email if you could at cutlightsmokepodcast at gmail.com. It's all one word, cutlightsmokepodcast at gmail.com. And so this has been the Cut Light and Smoke Podcast, guys. JB and I are going to get back to work and get out of here. Thank you so much for listening and taking time out of your precious day to spend some moments with us. So we hope it added value to your life. So we're out of here like last year. Peace.